today we'll take a look at chapter 32 of uh, Deuteronomy, which is the Song of Moses. And as we go through this chapter, we see this, this chapter begins with worship uh, in verses 1 to 6. And the chapter ends with, uh, with a hope. And in between the chapter, we see uh, what are some of the consequences of disobedience or going against the laws uh, that God has set. So the Song of Moses uh, is essentially a sad song because it speaks about uh, what will happen to the Israelites. So it's kind of a prophecy of what will happen when they go away from the Lord. And chapter 31 and 32 are uh, connected. So last week we saw uh, in chapter 31 uh, where there was a change of leadership from Moses uh, to Joshua. And we saw that uh, even though the leadership was changing, uh, even though the circumstances were changing, uh, Moses was uh, encouraging the people of Israel that God does not change. And he gave uh, Joshua a promise, and he also gave promise to the people of Israel that the Lord will uh, continue to go before them uh, just like he did before. And the Lord will continue to fight for them uh, just like he did before. And the Lord uh, will not uh, fail them or he will not uh, forsake them. So the Moses was trying to encourage them that even though he has been leading them for the last 40 years and there's going to be a major change uh, in leadership, there is no reason for them to be anxious or to be concerned uh, because the God uh, is the same God who will continue to go before them and his presence uh, will lead them uh, into promised land so they should not be worried. So that is a promise that we can also hold on to uh, even though the seasons uh, in our life uh, may change, but God uh, never changes. <clears throat> and we also saw two things uh, in chapter 31. Uh, one is the book of law, which uh, Moses was uh, asked to write. So Moses wrote that uh, in a book, which is uh, essentially the book of Deuteronomy. And he gave it to the priests, and it was to be read uh, every seven years. And the reason for that is that the new generation that is coming up, uh, they may not have heard uh, about the book of the law or the commandments of God, and they need to be uh, reminded so that they can hear and they can obey God and be receive the blessing. And it's also a reminder to the other people of Israel, uh, the, the laws that were given to them so that they don't forget. And this book of law was kept uh, beside the Ark of the Covenant and both the book uh, and the song that Moses was asked to write, uh, it served uh, as a witness uh, against the people of Israel. So the people of Israel were judged uh, against the truth uh, of the book and also the song that they were asked to uh, learn uh, from Moses. In, in chapter 31, we were introduced to the song. So Moses was <coughs> uh, asked to write the song and teach it uh, to the children. And the song that we uh, read in chapter 32, uh, it essentially captures the falling away of people of Israel uh, after Moses dies. And we see that the Israelites, they will fall into all kinds of sin, uh, especially idolatry uh, when things are going good. And they would forsake God and break the covenant and God will be angry and he will punish them. So that was the prophecy that was made. And sadly, uh, it comes true uh, later when we see the history of uh, Israel. Uh, they go away from the Lord. They start uh, serving the idols. 
And we also see that God uh, punishes them in different ways and God forsakes them and they have many troubles uh, in their life. And the same thing is true in our life when God departs from our life or when we depart uh, from the ways of God, uh, we also see that the blessings uh, tend to depart and we start facing all kinds of problems and all kinds of challenges uh, in our life. So we see different songs uh, in the Bible uh, connected to Moses. Uh, the first one is the one we see uh, in Exodus 15. That is the song that was sung by Moses uh, and the Israelites uh, after crossing the Red Sea. And Deuteronomy 32 is what we are doing today. And we also have a Psalm 90, which is connected to Moses. And when we go to the book of Revelation uh, in chapter 15, uh, there is again a reference uh, to the song of Moses. So we'll start with uh, chapter 32 today, uh, which essentially talks about God as an unchanging God. And because of that, uh, he is worthy of our worship. So that is where this uh, chapter begins with a focus on God, with a focus on his attributes. But as we continue with the chapter, we see that uh, God is unchanging, but the man is uh, always uh, changing. Man is always falling uh, into sin, uh, falling into temptations and going away from the Lord. And because of that, uh, we face uh, many chastisements uh, in our life. We face uh, the wrath of God. And the same thing was true uh, in the life of the people of Israel. So this would be considered uh, a prophetic song because when they were singing the song, uh, obviously uh, it had not taken place, but when we go forward uh, in the history of people of Israel, we see that they fall into idolatry, then they go into captivity, and then they repent of their sins, they come back. And in, in the future, we know, as we saw earlier, that there would be a full restoration. Okay, so we see in verse one that uh, it says, give ear, O ye heavens, and hear, O earth. So it kind of spans the entire universe from the heaven to the earth, and they are called to listen. And we are given the image uh, of the doctrine or the words uh, as, uh, as rain and dew that uh, refreshes us. And that is the thing that we also see in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 10 and 11 where it says, for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth <coughs> and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word uh, be that goeth forth out of my mouth. Uh, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing where to I sent it. So we know that the word of God uh, is very powerful and the word of God is something that will abide forever. And the word, once it is released, uh, it will accomplish uh, what it was supposed to accomplish. And that is the uh, message that we also get here. Uh, it is the word that will refresh, but at the same time, it is the same word that will bring uh, punishment uh, to the people of Israel. And we are seeing uh, God. Uh, there are different attributes uh, that are recognized uh, in these verses, that God uh, is the rock, and we'll consider this again. And we see that God's work uh, is perfect. Uh, he is just and upright. 
he is a God of truth. Uh, he is a God uh, without iniquity. Uh, he is righteous and he is uh, faithful. And when we flip and think of man, we know that man is not like a rock. He's not stable. Man is not perfect. Man is not just or upright. And man is not a God of man of truth. And there is a lot of iniquity and unrighteousness and unfaithfulness uh, in man. But we see that despite all of our imperfection, God chose to love us. And the same thing is true uh, in his relationship with the people of Israel. Uh, it goes on to say that Israelites have corrupted themselves. Their image is marred and they are a crooked and perverse uh, generation. So we see the contrast between God and man. Uh, God is perfect, but man is uh, corrupt in many ways and crooked and unfaithful. And we also see a reference to the rock uh, many times uh, in this chapter. So God is pictured as a rock. So rock can be seen uh, as a place of strength or a place of uh, stability. So we know that God is uh, all powerful and he is also stable or he is unchanging. Uh, he is uh, faithful. And we also see that captured when in Hannah's song in 1 Samuel chapter 2, where she talks, uh, neither is there any rock like our God. And David's uh, song in 2 Samuel 22 verse 2, where it says, the Lord is my rock and my deliverer. And in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Lord reminds us that a house that is built on the rock or on the word of God or on his teachings uh, shall not fall. And in this chapter, we see many references to rock. In verse 13, we see rock uh, is seen as a place of sweetness where it says honey out of the rock. And in verse 15, it is seen as a rejected and lightly esteemed rock, which is again a reference to the Lord. And verse 16, again, referring to God who begat them or brought them into this world. And verse 30 is also a reference to the Lord who sold them when the Israelites went astray. And 31 and 37 speaks about uh, the rocks uh, of this world or speaks about the idols of this world, uh, which are essentially uh, fake rocks, uh, which do not have the same power which are not uh, perfect uh, in any way. So they really cannot do anything uh, for the people. So we need to ask ourselves, uh, do we know the rock, uh, which is the Lord, and do, is our life uh, built on his teachings? And do we worship a living rock or a rock that is made by our hands? So we know that many people in this world, uh, they do not have a personal uh, relationship uh, with the Lord. And even among many uh, believers, uh, we see that they might be born again or they might be born uh, in a Christian family, but their life is not built uh, on the teachings of the Lord. Uh, or So that is why when challenges come, uh, as we read in the Sermon on the Mount, the house uh, starts shaking or the house starts crumbling down. And we also need to ask ourselves whether we worship a living God or do we worship things uh, that are made by our own hands? And as we saw earlier uh, in Deuteronomy in discussing that we could have many idols in our life which can take us uh, away from God. So instead of worshiping a living God, uh, we start worshiping things uh, that we are addicted to 
or that take us uh, away from God. And in verse 7 through 14, uh, the people of Israel, they are exhorted to remember. And that's an exhortation that we see uh, many times uh, in the scriptures. Uh, it's always good to look back in history and to recall what the Lord has done uh, in our life, uh, especially when we are going through challenges in life. Uh, it's good to go back and remember how the Lord uh, has given us victory in the past, how the Lord has taken us out of difficult uh, situations. And it is that remembrance uh, that gives us uh, hope uh, in difficult uh, situations. So in verse 7 through 14, uh, we see that the people of Israel, uh, they are exhorted to look back or remember. Yeah, yes. Okay, so in verse 7, we see three words. Uh, it says, remember, and it says, consider, and it says, ask. So those are good uh, instructions for us, uh, for our own life. Uh, we need to remember uh, the days of old, or we need to look back on our history. We need to look back on the experiences that we have had with the Lord uh, in the past. And we also need to consider the years of many generations. So when we look at the scriptures, uh, it speaks about many generations. Uh, it speaks about many uh, witnesses that have gone before us. So it's good to study their lives and how God has dealt with them. And it's always good to ask uh, our father, it's good to ask others about God. And it says, when you ask, uh, they will tell thee. And of course we can ask the Lord and he will tell us also. And the remaining verses uh, speak about the great things that the Lord has done uh, for the people of Israel. And it speaks about some things, uh, like in verse 8, uh, it speaks about the boundaries uh, that were set for Lord's people uh, from the beginning of times. And when we go to the book of Joshua, we see that Joshua conquers uh, one uh, land at a time, and then the division is made uh, among the tribes. But we see that the boundaries have been set uh, even uh, from the beginning of time. So God had a plan. Uh, for the people of Israel, uh, even before times. And all of that is going to come true uh, when Joshua leads them into the uh, land of Canaan. And in verse 9, we are told the Lord's portion uh, is his people. So we know that Israel uh, is special. Uh, they are a chosen uh, generation. And God had his eyes on the people of Israel, as we also see in other verses that we have seen before. Uh, in chapter 7 and 6, it says, Thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord has chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, above all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And Deuteronomy 10.15 says, Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them, even you above all people as it is this day. So Israel is special uh, in the eyes of God. And when we come to the New Testament, we see that uh, the Jews and Gentiles, they both are special uh, in the eyes of God. And when it says in John 3.16, that God so loved the world. In this eye. Uh, only begotten son. Uh, we see that the Lord Jesus, God sacrificed uh, his only begotten son, uh, not just uh, for the chosen generation, but for the entire uh, humanity. And in verses 10 to 12, uh, God speaks about his relationship uh, with Jacob and the nation of Israel. Uh, it speaks about God sought them 
He formed them, he led them, he taught them, he protected them, and he taught them uh, like an eagle. So it speaks about uh, Jacob being found uh, in a desert land, and God led him, and he brought him, and he also provided for him. And in verses uh, 13 and 14, we see that God blessed uh, Israel uh, in the land. Uh, he provided for uh, all of their needs uh, in terms of the fatness of the land and all their physical needs uh, were met. So we not only have to remember, but we also have to pass it on uh, to our children. So that's a challenge for all of us. Uh, we need to remember and we need to reflect on God's faithfulness uh, in our lives. And that is the exhortation that Moses uh, is giving the children of Israel. And at the same time, he's also telling that they need to teach and to pass on those stories uh, to the children so that they can also be strengthened in their faith and they can also come to know uh, the God of Israel. And in 15 through 18, we see the turning point and that is where uh, things start getting worse uh, for the people of Israel. So we see that everything was good uh, so far. Uh, initially, Moses uh, focuses on God and his unchanging attributes. And in the next section, we saw uh, they were looking back uh, to see all the great things that God has done. And in verse uh, 15 through 18, we see the sad uh, turning point uh, in the life of Israelites. Yeah, so this is a sad chapter in the life of people of Israel that is going to happen uh, in the future. So once the Lord brings them uh, to the promised land and he takes care of all of their needs, and once their life uh, gets comfortable, we see that they would forsake God and they will go after strange gods or they'll go after idols or they'll sacrifice uh, unto devils and not to God. And they will forget the God who formed them. They'll forget the God who chose them and forget the God who led them and took care of all their needs. So that happened to the people of Israel and the same thing can happen uh, to us uh, also. So that is why this section is a warning for us that the turning point can take place uh, in the life of believers uh, at any time uh, if we are not uh, careful. So here we see that the turning point uh, happens uh, during a time when everything is going well, when all of their needs are being met and they are prospering in the promised land. And that is when they slack off and they slip uh, from the standards that God had set for them and they forsake God and they lightly esteem him. And it goes on to say they forgot God that begat them and formed them and they follow after strange gods. And instead of sacrificing to God, they start sacrificing to devils, uh, unknown and new gods. And that is what we read uh, also in chapter 31 and verse 20. For when I shall have brought them into the land, which I swear unto their fathers, that floweth with milk and honey, and they shall have eaten and filled themselves and waxen hot, uh, then they will turn unto other gods and serve them and provoke me and break my covenant. So we see that many people uh, tend to go astray uh, when things are going good uh, in their life. Uh, so that's the warning for us. 
And Bible warns us uh, many times that the riches can take us away from God. In Revelation 3, uh, 16 and 17, it says, I will spew thee out of my mouth because thou sayest I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So we could be uh, materially rich and think that uh, everything is good, but if you are spiritually poor, uh, God is saying that you're still poor and you're miserable, you're blind and you're naked. And Matthew 19, 24, uh, again warns us that it's easier for a camel uh, to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And Matthew 5, 6 uh, reminds us, uh, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst uh, after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So we know that the world uh, hungers and thirsts uh, for riches or for material blessings. And that is why they are never satisfied. But the Lord reminds us in the Sermon on the Mount that if our hunger and thirst uh, is for righteousness, then we will be truly satisfied. Uh, we would be content and we will be at peace. So the worldly riches uh, does not mean that we are rich. And that is the point in Revelation. And worldly riches uh, also does not mean that God's favor is on our life, or we cannot assume that just because we are rich uh, in the ways of the world, that God's favor is on us. And of course, poverty can also take us uh, away from God. Uh, that's why we read in Proverbs uh, 30 and verse 8, uh, give me neither poverty nor riches. So we need to ask ourselves, uh, are we at a turning point uh, in our life? And is our riches uh, taking us away from God? Or is there any other hindrance or any other thing that is taking us away from God? So we know that for people of Israel, uh, it was the prosperity uh, that took them away from God and took them to strange gods and to idol worship. So in the same way, uh, if we see that we are drifting away from God, uh, then we need to recognize uh, what, what is it that is taking us away from God. Uh, it could be our riches. Uh, it could be our work. Uh, it could be our relationships. It could be the challenges uh, that we are going through. Uh, whatever it is, uh, that is something we need to examine for our own lives. And the next uh, section, which is a long section from verse 19 through 43, uh, it speaks about the consequences of making poor choices or the consequences of going into uh, leaving God and going into idolatry. So that is the warning that was given to them. And when they are singing this song, uh, it will remind them in the future that the song that they were singing was essentially what the Lord was warning them about that if they leave God, then God will also leave them. And if God leaves them, then they will face many problems in life. Yeah. Okay, so this is the start of the song. Uh, and in verse 19, we see the uh, turning point where the Lord is seeing that the people are rebellious and they're going to strange gods. And we see that God is abhorring them, or as brother mentioned, uh, he is uh, rejecting them. And we know that when God uh, rejects us, uh, the consequences will not be good. And here it says, goes on to say in verse 20, that I will hide my uh, face from them. 
And it also says, I will see what their end uh, shall be. So if God is going to hide his face from us, then we know that the ending uh, will not be good. So here uh, it is given to us in more of a poetic form. If God is going to reject, uh, what will be the end? So that's a question that we need to ask ourselves before we turn away from God, before we are disobedient to God. Uh, we need to look forward to see what is the consequence uh, of the bad choice that we are going to make, or we need to see what will be the end of the bad choice uh, that we are making. And we know that uh, from the history of Israel, when they turned away from the Lord, the Lord also punished them, and the Lord also scattered them, as we read in verse uh, 26, and they faced uh, all kinds of problems. So the Lord's reaction, uh, as we read in verse 19 just, that we just read, he abhorred them or he rejected them. He hid his face uh, from them. And that is what we also say uh, when we are living in sin. Uh, we really cannot pray to God because God will not hear our prayers uh, when there is iniquity in our life, when there is sin in our life. So that is why we always say that we need to confess our sins. Uh, we need to set things right. Uh, before we go to God in prayer so that we can receive an answer. And in the subsequent verses, we see the curses and chastisement that we also read in chapter 28 uh, that will follow uh, disobedience. So we see a long list of things like fire, destruction, arrows, mischiefs, famine, heat, beasts, serpent, sword, and terror. And they're also scattered and they're also forgotten. It says, I will scatter them into corners. I would make the remembrance of them uh, to cease from among men. So even though they were the chosen generation, but since they rebelled uh, against God and God being a God of justice, uh, he, he, he held them accountable uh, to the decisions that they made. And because of that, they faced all of these problems. So again, it's a repeat from what we have read already in chapter 28 of the curses and chastisement that will follow when they disobey God. It's a bit of a long section, but we see again that the Lord is mourning the decisions that the people of Israel made, and he considers them as people with no counsel or no good wisdom, or there is no understanding in them. In the previous section, we saw that uh, he considered the people of Israel uh, as not having faith. And here he's talking about them as having not understanding. And if they were wise, uh, they would look at the latter end or they would look at the end of the decisions that they make uh, today. So oftentimes uh, we don't really consider what would be the ending. Uh, we simply make decisions uh, uh, instinctly or without thinking through. And oftentimes the consequences are not good because we don't think it through uh, till the end point. And it goes on to uh, compare uh, the rock, which is God with the other rocks, uh, which is the, the idols and makes a comparison that obviously God is much more uh, powerful and he can do great things. To God belongeth vengeance and recompense. So that's what we are reminded of also, that God is the one who takes uh, vengeance. Uh, we can leave uh, everything to him. Uh, we don't have to 
worry about taking vengeance because God is a God of justice and he will bring about justice uh, in his time and according to his ways. Okay, so we saw this uh, in verse 28 and 29, or oh, that they were wise, or oh, that they would consider the latter end. And in verse 30, 31, and 37, 38, we see that uh, without the true rock, uh, they are powerless. Uh, it doesn't matter how many sacrifices you make uh, to the idols of this world. Uh, they really cannot do anything because they don't have the power to do uh, anything. But God himself, uh, he is sovereign. Uh, he is also eternal. And a day will come when he will exercise judgment uh, on the enemy. So in verse 39 that we read, see now that I, even I am he, and there is no God with me, I will I kill, and I also make alive. So we see the contrast. Uh, God is able to bring death, but he is also able to bring life. He is able to wound, but he is also able to heal. And there is no one who can deliver from the hand of God. The enemies cannot have victory. And I live for so despite uh, all of the things uh, that the people of Israel did in going away from God, and even though it seems like a sad song of all the bad things that will happen to the people of Israel, uh, it actually ends on a positive note uh, in verse uh, 43. And it reminds us that there is still hope uh, at the end. So verse uh, 43 says, Rejoice, O ye nations, uh, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and will render vengeance uh, to his adversaries and will be merciful unto his land and to his people. So the Lord will bring uh, justice uh, at the very end, uh, even as we saw in a previous chapter that the Lord will restore uh, at the end. And here again, it reminds us that the God will be merciful uh, unto his land and also to his people. So we know that God hates sin, but uh, he does not reject uh, the sinners. And throughout the Bible, we see that when sinners repent, uh, they are able to find uh, mercy, and they are able to find restoration, and they are able to restore uh, the communion uh, that is lost with God. So even though it's a sad song, and maybe it, it speaks to us in terms of the ways in which we have gone away from God in serving uh, idols or going after the worldly things. But the Lord reminds us again that if we come back to him, uh, he will rejoice over us and he will be merciful to us and he will restore whatever is lost. And in Proverbs uh, chapter 6, uh, 16 to 19, uh, it reminds us of the six things that the Lord hates, and seven are an abomination to him. So it speaks about a proud look, a lying tongue, a hand that sheds uh, innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imagination, a feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness uh, that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. So. Many of these could be true, uh, even in the life of a believer. And if that is the case, uh, we need to ask the Lord for forgiveness and God is able to forgive us. Uh, we will find mercy and restoration when we go 
So in verse uh, 44 to 47, we see the closing exhortation for this. And it's natural that people will start questioning or we will, they will think, uh, why is he telling us all these things? And after a while, it gets uh, repetitive or maybe it gets boring for the hearer. So Moses is closing the song by saying that it is not a vain thing for you uh, because uh, it is your life. And through this, you will prolong your days uh, in the land. So there is a great uh, value in what Moses uh, is trying to teach them. Uh, in the same way, there is great value uh, in the word of God. Sometimes uh, we may find uh, reading the word of God to be very dry. We may find it not very exciting, but we need to continue to read the word of God because it is only in the word of God that we would find life. It is only in the word of God that we would find uh, satisfaction and it is only through the word of God that we would prolong our days, as Moses says. So blessings uh, in the promised land, or we can say the blessings uh, in our life after salvation, uh, depends on our obedience uh, to what, what is revealed to us uh, in the scriptures. And the more we are able to read the word of God, the more we are able to obey the instructions that are given to us, uh, that is when we would truly enjoy uh, our born-again experience. But if you're not spending time in God's word, if you're not spending time in God's presence, then we also see that the blessings will start slipping away. And eventually, just like the people of Israel, uh, we will also start worshipping uh, idols uh, in our life. We will start offering sacrifices uh, to false idols and the rocks uh, of this world. And eventually, that will bring God's punishment and God's chastisement in our life. So uh, the chapter ends uh, with instructions that are given to Moses uh, to go to Mount uh, where he would die. But it also combines with chapter 34. So we'll just pick it up then. So chapter 32 and chapter 34 speaks about the death of Moses. So we can pick it up at that point. So for today, we can close here where uh, we talked about worship, why our God is worthy of worship. Uh, our God is an unchanging God. Uh, he's a God. He's our rock. Uh, he is someone that we can depend upon. He's someone who's stable and also powerful. And we talked about why we need to reflect on the past. We need to reflect on God's uh, faithfulness uh, in the past. Uh, especially when we are going through challenges, when we are going through difficult times. Uh, it's good to look back and see what God has done for us uh, in the past. And since God uh, does not change, uh, he can do the same for us uh, even today. And we saw the turning point uh, in the life of the people of Israel. Uh, the turning point came when everything was comfortable and they were prosperous uh, in the promised land. So that is when they chose uh, to reject God. And the same thing is true uh, even in our own lives. Uh, when things get comfortable, uh, we tend to become cold uh, in our relationship with God. So that's a warning for us. And the chapter ended with the punishment that comes uh, when we go away from God. And again, that is true also for us. And the final exhortation is uh, we need to listen to God's word. We need to obey. And that is when we would enjoy blessings in our life.